Welcome to the Road by Road Garden Show, the best dadgum garden show on the radio and the internet as well. Glad to have you this evening. Mama Hoss is in the house. How y'all doing tonight? Mm. You know, it's been busy. We've been, taters have been planted. I planted beets, Merlin beets today. I planted a little bit of other stuff. So it's that time of year where I'm, you know, weather's turned a little bit, getting excited, getting all pumped up by spring gardening. Mm -hmm. What you got going on? I've been trimming some of my flowers, um, my hibiscus, everything back. I hadn't really planted anything else this week. English peas? Oh yeah, that was last week. Yep. Yeah. Um, just getting ready. Yeah. Been wanting to plant some flowers. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of my tomatoes planted. I'm still planting some more because I'm going all out on tomatoes this year. You are, and I think that's why you won't let me plant flowers because you've got the greenhouse full of tomatoes. So I planted watermelons today also. So I set up overflow in the shop with a heat map for the watermelons. So you people in zone eight, it's time to get your watermelons in the, in the trays as now well. you told me it wasn't time yet. It wasn't time then, but no. it is time now. Okay. Okay. It is time now to get everything planted Man, you can get your watermelons, your tomatoes, your peppers, get it all in there and get so going. It's on eight. My zinnias and sunflowers? You, maybe just a little, little bit too early for that. Maybe a week or so, then you can. Let me get cleaned out a little bit, oh, then you yeah, can play I'm that out. Yeah. Zinnias and sunflowers don't take as long. So, you know, I'd say wait till the first of March to plant those. Next week? Yeah. What okay. else we got going on? I have found this on YouTube I was watching last night the stivers was showing how they fermented some ginger and there is a fermentation February mm -hmm. collaboration going on with a bunch of the youtubers and every day they're showing you how to ferment something different and I've really got into fermenting really love it so we're gonna put this link down below so you can go binge watch how to ferment um, it's really interesting and they actually did gin gingers on mm -hmm. it, ginger. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we ferment a little bit, but I don't think we've ever done anything as exotic as ginger. No, I love the taste of ginger. Yeah, I just hadn't never thought about fermenting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a good way to extend your harvest or to save that harvest when you have a surplus of something. Mm -hmm. So our show this evening is on direct seed and transplant. And this is always a complicated subject for everybody. What should I direct seed? What should I direct sow? So that's what we're covering now. It's going to be pretty in detail though. We're going to give you some good information. And we're also going to share some things with you that's worked for us in the past. To seed or not to seed? To seed or not to seed. But first, we got some wonderful new news of new. That's full of news, wasn't it? <laughs> full of new varieties here. Now I've been uh, I've been holding back on this. I, I give some some ah, what's the word here? Hints. Hints. What we've had coming, but we finally got it in. So we got something really special. First of all, we got little Marvel P here. Little Marvel P is that English P. Now the Adams were down here from last week from up above Dayton, Ohio, Adams Greenhouse, and they spent the. Uh, some time with us, and they told me, said, Greg, you just kill us, you kill us with this pea thing. You know, here in the South, we call English peas, they call them shelling peas, we call them English peas. And here in the South, we call a shelling pea, 
that's a cow pee mm -hmm. for us. So we always feel like we have to Turn back around make the distinguish there on that right there. Now this one is what we would call an English pea. You guys up north would call it a shelling pea. We have Mr. Little Marvel. How does that differ from Mr. Big Pea? It's not quite as big as oh. the Big Pea. It's a, it's a little bit smaller pea than that. It's a good one. 60 days of maturity there. And it's time to plant those as well. You planted yours last week. It's mm -hmm. time to get those planted. And also the Snow Peas. Time to plant those. Mm -hmm. And so here it is. Lemon Pixel Dwarf Sunflower. Mm. For y'all you guys out there that want to plant container sunflowers or you want to plant that border around your garden, this is it. Lemon Pixie Dwarf Sunflower. Makes a small sunflower. Great for patios or whatever if you got a small area there. Man, what about this one right here? Huh. Procut Peach. Peach. Sunflower. Could it get any better than that? Not for Georgia. Peach Sunflower. Uh, whoever named that one did a wonderful job there. So it's a lighter sunflower there. I think it's going to be a good one, a good addition to grow. Maybe add a little color variation to it's your... It's a pro-cut? It is a pro-cut to your other sunflowers. So we have the peach. That'll look pretty with the um, chocolate. Oh yeah. A big contrast there. Okay, now we're fixing to get in something that I am super excited about right here. But I'm going to do this one first. Alright, you see there it says cream of the crop. This is a series of tomatoes that a small farm here in the United States had been working with to breed and they have come out with this particular series and we were lucky enough to be a reseller of some of their seeds. Now I'm going to tell you their blog post, their blog site where you can go if you're a plant geek or tomato geek, you got to go to their site and read their blog because it gives a lot of detailed information on tomato breeding. To me, it's very interesting. So if you're one of those geeks like me and love that kind of stuff, they talk about genetics and things like that. Go there and find out about the work they're doing. I believe they're up north, maybe in Wisconsin. I'm not sure. But I'm going to probably, I may 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 have the opportunity this summer to go up there and visit with them and see some trials there that they're doing. I'm looking forward to that if I get to go. I got a connection there I'm working. Mm -hmm. So anyway. all right so this is cream of the crop plum drop F1. This is one of them. Ooh, that sounds pretty. Yeah plum. Plum, plum drop. So what they breed for this is this is if I go overboard I'm, I'm sorry but this is extremely interesting to me. This is the characteristics they breed for. They breed for shelf life they breed for flavor, and they breed for disease resistance. And in the midst of all that, they've come out with these that have these wonderful modeling of the colors on the tomatoes. So they're absolutely stunning, the colors of these tomatoes. How, how tall do these get? These are indeterminates. All these are indeterminates, so you would need to trellis them or have some sort of support system there for them. But they, oh man, they just awesome. Another thing they do, which I thought this was very interesting, they also breed for stress resistance. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't understand. We think we, we may have some other problem with plants, especially growing tomatoes, and it can simply be a certain type of stress. So they have developed these tomatoes to be, I don't know if stress resistance, the best word to use, to counteract stress very well. Bigger. 
Vigor. Yeah, vigor. No. Yeah. So anyway, they're supposed to be real good. And there's tomatoes. four of them. There's four of them. Okay. I get caught up on you this. Know, one. I know. I get caught up. Cream of the crop right here. This is Sunset Torch. Just look at the picture on that. You talking about making a presentation? Now you grow you about four of these right here, and you pick them and put them on a tray, make you an awesome presentation. Pretty growing in the garden yep. too. Cream of the crop. Sparky XSL. XSL. Sparky, and then we have. And these are all F1s. These are all F1s. Here's another one, Cream de Crop. The Cream de Crop is the series. The Cream de Crop Red Torch F1. The F1 needs a hybrid. Can't save the seeds. Can't save the seeds. So that's what they are. And we will be adding in the next few years, I hope we're going to be working with them. And we're going to be bringing on a lot more of their varieties. Okay. You know, working with those small farms, people developing these varieties here, and us being able to bring them to market. Mm. Yep, it's wonderful. It's okay. what we're all about. Also, we've got a new guest on the show this week. We do? Mm -hmm. We'll see if people can find him in our set. It's called, he's called the Old Goat. Old Goat? Mm hmm. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so there's an old goat around here somewhere? There's an old goat around here somewhere. If you can find it, drop it in the comments below. Might send you some. Yep. On that cream of the crop series, Frogs Leap Blog Spot, we're going to put below in the description that link where people can go check out that blog. I forgot to mention that. Mm -hmm. It'll be down in the description. Descri description, description below. All right, so let's dig in. We got those new varieties out of the way. Oh, let's no. dig in to the meat part of the show, and let's talk about direct seeding and the advantages and disadvantages. Yep, some of the direct seeding advantages. You want to hit some of that? Um, do we want to say what they are? Let's first? hit the pros first, the pros and then we'll first? go into it. Um, direct seeding for those things that don't tolerate transplanting. Um, those that are quick to germinate, such as radishes, beans, beets, turnips, uh, direct seeding requires less labor. Mm -hmm. um, they tend to mature faster, more cost effective. Yep. You don't have all those other things that you need, um, especially if you're growing in a large quantity and better drought resistant. The reason for the drought resistance is because that root system has come out from that seed and got established. So it's maybe a little different root system. You don't have a, to reestablish itself again. Yeah, you know, that's than what a transplant would be. Mm -hmm. Now some of the varieties, are, not varieties, some of the crops that do best. We're gonna throw up a picture of these. Yes. Go ahead. Beans, carrots, peas. Yep, I said peas. English peas and southern cow peas, spinach, corn, zucchini, which is a squash, summer squash, radish, and even the winter squashes. Pretty much all your squashes, your winter and summer squashes. Turnips. And a bunch of onions. And mustards. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All those. Now, a bunch of onions, we're talking about ones that you direct seed and they come up and you eat about the size of your finger right there. Yeah, I have some of those in a root pouch. Oh, if you're looking on our website, you'd see a variety that says warrior variety. Yeah. That is a bunch of onions. A bunch of onions. It looks like little spring onions. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you're growing a bigger onion, like a Vidalia or a bigger onion, you definitely want to transplant that. We'll get into that just a little later. Now, the cons of doing this is it can be a little bit riskier. 
So you're putting those seeds in the ground. I mean, you could have a hard rain come, pack that soil, and you could not get good germination. But normally speaking, with with the ones that I mentioned there, the seeds are a lot less expensive than they are the ones we'll talk mm -hmm. about that needs to be grown as transplants. So you have to worry about the weather, mm -hmm. frost. Weed pressure. Yeah. Also crowded plants. A lot of times when you plant these things are here, just like with carrots, you got to plant those thick. Yeah. And they can get too thick for you and you have to go back and thin them out. Thin them out. Beets. Think about beets. You have to thin those out sometimes. Also, you know, when you're when you're dealing with plots like what we deal with, and you're trying to keep succession planting moving from next plot, next plot, keeping something growing all the time, it can tie up your plots longer than what a transplant would because you're direct seeding, you have to have that time for that plant to grow up to a spot that you would do a transplant directly into the ground. Right. So if you do the transplants, you got about six weeks there to turn over that bed right. quicker. Right. Yep. And uh, direct zone crops sometimes can be harder to get up. Example of that, if you're planting in early, early springtime and you plant something, you have a cold spell come through there, it can zap them or either cause real slow germination. So those are the cons to direct sowing. That being the case, you still got to look at this and say, these are the crops that want direct seeding over growing in the, uh, the greenhouse. Right. Now let's talk about the ones that do better in trays that are grown from transplants. Herbs. Herbs. Uh, thyme. Mm -hmm. Basil, oregano, cilantro, that's one of them you can go either way on it. It germinates real fast and grows quick. It's a cool weather crop. That one you might could go either way on it. We've done it both mm -hmm. ways. All your brassicas? All your brassicas. Cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, all those cabbage. Kale, kale. You know, used to we didn't direct, I mean, transplant kale. We got we transplant all our kale. Kohlrabi. Of course, onions. If you're growing those big onions, you definitely want to start those from uh, plants. Peppers, peppers, scallions. How's our peppers doing we planted last week? They're just coming up. I noticed earlier today, they're just coming up. Uh, cabbage, we said tomatoes, definitely. Always transplant your tomatoes. And last but not least, watermelon. So I just planted my watermelons today. So we'll be transplanting them probably in about four weeks. Mm. So, couldn't wait, could you? Couldn't wait. So I had to get them in the But in now you have direct seeded watermelon. Way I down. have in the past, but in the last few years, we've been growing them from, from transplants. And although it is a tender plant, you have to be a little bit careful it being a tender plant. It does do better with, as a transplant because you get a head start on those weeds. And you get a head start on the season. So you, you can figure this much. If you put a direct seeded watermelon into the ground next to a transplant at the same time, you're talking about about a two to three weeks difference mm -hmm. jump on the season. Talking about tender seeds. I was talking earlier about my squash plants I bought. Really? What'd you do with that? They didn't work out. Um, you bought some squash plants? Yeah. Not this year. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you you let me have it when I come home with them. Of they, all things, she come home with squash plants from the big box store. Yeah, so this spring, be leery of all those plants at the big box store, because not all of them is going to look that pretty when you get them home and in the ground. These squash plants 
they look pretty for what? Maybe two hours. Mm -hmm. They just do not transpire. Man, when well. she pulled up there and had it squash plants in trays, I was like, no, you didn't. But she did. <laughs> Learning curve for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Did not work out. She gets in this phase when she goes Saturday morning, she goes to town and she goes to a nursery or to a uh Ooh, garden center. My tensions are going to look for flowers. Yeah. Then I get. We get side swept and she come back. She got a boatload of flowers and all kind of stuff. But, and we've mentioned this before. And you come back with some old, big old plastic, cheap plastic trays. Mm -hmm. mm -mm -mm. Gets, I think we've gotten over that. Gets your goat, huh? Gets my goat. Uh, all right. Some of the pros of using transplants is. Those baby transplants give you more control and also you can do your spacing out better. Mm -hmm. Example on that, I know I want my watermelons on two foot spacing. So if I'm doing transplant, I just plant them on every other meter on my drip tape there. Easy. Easy wheezy. Seeds are started in a more ideal condition there. Mm -hmm. So you can control that germination there. And we was talking about watermelons just a minute ago. Think about some of these seedless watermelons. They are expensive to say the least. Not only expensive to you, they're expensive to us. So you want to utilize that cost and get as much out of it as you can. You really can't stand to direct seed something with seeds that expensive and take a chance on whether they germinate mm -hmm. or not when you can put them in that controlled environment and get a lot better germination. Same thing with some of your tomatoes. Oh yeah, some of these tomato seeds have got outrageously expensive. Um, transplants can be more resistant to insect and pest pressure sometimes. Sometimes if you can get them past that certain stage, I can see where that could be beneficial. Jump on the season. A jump on the season. We talked about watermelons, mm -hmm. tomatoes also. And flowers. Yep. Now one thing you want to be careful of is okra. You don't want to get too much of a head start on it because yeah. if you plant it, even a transplant was still cold, it's going to get stunted. Yeah. I did some okra this uh the end of the summer, like the third planting uh -huh. in my raised beds, and I did the transplants because I wasn't ready to turn over that bed yet, but I knew in about four to five weeks, and I wanted to have something, the day I pulled it up, I could plant it. It worked real well. So you controlled your succession planting a lot better by using transplants. Mm -hmm. I did. Some of the cons of using transplants are extending the season by starting earlier does not necessarily mean less work. It can be more because you put them in that greenhouse and you have to tend to them more in that greenhouse. Every day. Yeah, you got to water them, you got to feed them just like an animal. More than once a day, especially oh, when yeah. you're growing seeds. Oh, you did that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't I, know kind of, I didn't know they did I that. I kind of wanted those all the greenhouse <laughs> worker in hand in case you ain't figured it out. You, you liked to let my Roselle bite the dust. I did, I did. What but happened? I brought it back. What happened there? Well, it was sitting over there by the curtain where there's an air swoop that comes in there. And one of these cold nights got a hold to it and the air come in there and, and beat it a little bit. But I nursed them back. Was it sunny? I walked down there and my Rosella was like... Mm -hmm. I seen that. I talked to them and babied them back up and got them going again. These cool nights have been having havoc on our seed start a yeah. little bit. So if you treat transplants, you do have to, there is some fluctuations there you have to be careful about. Yeah, if you seed in the ground and you miss a water, it's no big deal. But if you miss a water on these transplants on these warm days, you can lose a crop. Or don't let the curtain down. Or Yeah, or don't. On yeah. these 70 degree days, don't mm -hmm. let it back up. Mm -hmm. It can be problems. Yep. Transplant shock can be an issue. You know, when you put them out there, sometimes they get through that shock because they've already got that root system there. So that's it. More attention is needed when you put those transplants into the ground. When you put a transplant into the ground, you just about need to water 
two times a day, at least one good time a day to kind of get it established there. And the next thing is you got to have some kind of infrastructure to grow transplants. You need a greenhouse, a sunroom, an indoor seed starting uh, mat, and a grow light. Mm -hmm. So there's an expense. And there's an expense to all that right there. So those are the cons to that. Now let's talk about the either way. So there's some of these, as we was making our list, that we knew kind of fell in the either way category. Now this list that we've given to you today, by no means is it wrote in stone anywhere because over the years I've seen certain crops been able to grow in certain ways that I didn't think could be done before. I've seen squash transplanted successfully before. I just don't do it. How does the big growers here, do they transplant their squash? They do some both ways, hmm. yeah. And I've seen it done well, but I prefer not to do it. I have a better proven record doing it a certain way. That's just the way we do it. It's our recommendation over years of experience. But doesn't no mean means. it's right or doesn't mean it's the only way. Yeah, don't be sending me no hate mail because you just screwed me on all these subjects here. <laughs> okay. So the ones that go either way could be okra. Mm -hmm. Now, okra, normally we grow in the greenhouse in the springtime because our soil is cool and we grow there. If you get into succession plant later on in the year when your ground is warmed up, you can direct seed it after that. Or if you're trying to keep a tight succession planting in there, you can grow them in transplant. So it can go either way. Zinnias. Zinnias. I've done both, even in the same year. I can't really tell a big difference. Um, I'll transplant them if I'm trying to do a more orderly or if it's the more expensive zinnias. If it's, I just want to have a big bang out there, I'll direct seed them. Mm -hmm. If you're doing a mass plant with some of the more economical mixes, yeah, direct seed those. The Venere Giant series, that seed tends to be more expensive. And most of the time, although we do have a mix, those are coming different colors. So mm -hmm. if you're trying to do something fancy there, yeah. transplant those. Sunflowers too, pretty much the same thing. If it's the Pro Cut, transplant. If it's you're doing a cover crop of the black oil, direct yeah. seed. Yep. Some of these mixes we have, you can you can direct seed those. Now, one thing I will say, normally you get a smaller flower on the sunflower if you direct seed them pretty thick out there. You'll if it's according to what you want. If you're wanting a big big flower on a sunflower, you want to transplant them. If you want something smaller, plant them thicker, and you'll get that smaller head on those. And be honest with you, that is more desirable a lot of times than they, especially in bouquets and stuff. Yeah, the florists want uh, the smaller, smaller ones. Yeah. Yep. Beets. I planted beets this morning. I direct seeded them. Did you? Yep. Planted the Merlin variety. Mm -hmm. And, um, yep, you can do those either way. Now, we do have a monogerm and a multi-germ. They're different in beets right there. Some of the monos would just put up one... Uh, one plant, some of the multi-germs will put up more than one. So generally speaking, if you're transplanting or growing in trays and you're gonna transplant them, you wanna use the monos. If you're doing them outside direct seed, you wanna do the multi-germs. Didn't know that. Yep, Roselle. Roselle, I've only transplanted those. I think you direct seeded them one time. Mm-hmm. Seems like those you direct seeded might have held up more sturdier than the ones I transplanted. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe. 
You know, it's an okra family, mallow family. They're all first cousins. So there again, you don't want to plant in cool soil. So if you're trying to get a head start, transplant them. If it's warmed up and your soil's warmed up, heck, you can direct seed in there, pop right up. Lettuce. Lettuce, we've done both ways over the years. Mm -hmm. And both works both ways. So uh, our problem there. While I'm on the subject, they, corn, for example, on some of this list right here, just an example of how we come up with this list. Corn, I have been, I grew one of the best fall crops corn I ever grown mm -hmm. from transplants one time. And I've had the biggest failure trying to, the year after that, trying to transplant because it. some midget corn. Midget corn. They is, they so much. Uh, timing. Timing is so important on, on some of this stuff. It's just not worthwhile to do. Can you transplant corn? Yes, you can. It's just a hit and miss with it. Everything's the lines weather. up. Yeah, everything lines up. So that's the reason I don't recommend doing it. Because you have so much more forgiveness if you direct seeing corn. All right, now I got a corny joke for you. Hell no. Yep, it's my time to give you a corny joke. Why wouldn't the sesame seed leave the casino? Why is a sesame seed in a casino in mm -hmm. the first place? So why wouldn't the sesame seed leave the casino? Because he was on a roll. <clears throat> I may have to take back over the jokes. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Um, Petals for the Past, Antiques in the Garden. Just one more shout out about it. In April the 23rd, 9 to 5, there's a link in the description where you can go and register. It is free. There'll be a group of YouTubers there. The, it's a garden show, antique show. Looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. And then the Oakie Homestead. Mm -hmm. We're not going to make it. Don't look good. Don't look good. Wes come over this last week and picked up a lot of stuff that uh, are going to do some giveaways there. And Wes and uh, his bunch will be there from Naked Hog. Him and Angie will be there. And a lot of other people. Caddy Wappas, I'm sure I'm going to forget somebody. Caddy Wappas, Acres, I think they're planning on being there. Uh, four kids in the farm. Four kids in the farm. Willow. Weeping Willow. Whispering Willow. <laughs> Whispering Willow. Sorry. Jason Brooke from Cog Hill will be there. And Arms, Family Homestead. Yeah, there'll Oakey. be a lot of people there. So if you want to see any of your favorite YouTubers, head out to the Oakey Homesteading Expo. Where's it going to be? Um, Prior, Oklahoma, March the yep. 19th. Yep. All right. So uh, this last week, I did a video on YouTube and uh, on Seed Start. And uh, I kind of worked on the soil blocking pretty good and uh, I got a good bit of hate mail like I'm on this straight straight hate mail okay straight hate mail and we had some pretty rough comments on our YouTube channel we did. we did now let me just say this for example if you're gonna call me a horrible person because we disagree on this piece of equipment right here and on a particular way that you soul block or not you may need to go see you a therapist <laughs> But I had some people that got pretty rough on they me. They did. You yeah. offended some I people. I offended some people, and they got really upset. And if this bothers you that much, you need to sit down and take stock of yourself a little bit. Because I got some good friends, good friends that loved Soul Block, and we still good friends. And this is actually my mother's. Yep. So uh, I don't get the Soul Blocking thing, okay? I don't understand why anybody would want to do it. I kind of get it. Um... I think it's the creative person, like the artist, crafty person. It's like you're creating something. 
Really? Yeah, I mean, you create the little block of soil and you nourish it and you get it just right consistency. And then you plant that seed in there. You played in the dirt a lot when you was a child. I did. I had a playhouse and a whole kitchen and we made mud pies. Mm -hmm. Every day. That's it, folks. Mud pies. That's the correlation <laughs> here is mud pies and soil block. But I haven't done this, but I respect your opinion. Yeah. We will agree to disagree. Well, the thing about it is I'm, I'm trying to grow plants here. I'm not trying to make mud pies. So that's my whole point here. I'm trying to be successful growing plants with the least amount of effort. But if for somebody that has plenty of time, I can see where they can get enjoyment Absolutely. out Absolutely. of If you got plenty of time and you want to go out and play in the dirt, hey, all the more power to you. <laughs> what I am trying to do when I'm out there growing plants is try to grow plants with the least amount of effort and the most bang for my buck. Mm. And that's my opinion on the soil. Everybody has meat. an opinion. So don't don't be sending hate mail. Don't be getting ugly with me, calling me a horrible person like some of you have done because we disagree on this right here. Let's just... Agree to disagree and move on. How about that? Okay. Yep. All right. Thank you for watching. We move, hope we clarified some things there for you on direct seeding and transplant because you know what? It's that time. You people in Zone 7, y'all need to be getting your stuff ready. So. If we didn't cover something, just drop us a question down yep. in the comments and we'll be glad to answer it. Yep. All right. Now it's time for you to get out there and get dirty. <laughs>